T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts in the studio as always because he has perfect attendance. Smitty Breezy Kobe, Richard Hoskins. Oh, it's not. It's not really perfect attendance, but I'm on a good run. You are on a good run. Um, shout out to our buddies up in Wankers, Oregon. It's a nice town. Yeah, probably English people there. <laughs> probably just, not any English people there. Exactly. <laughs> They're probably cussing. They're cussing you. Our two <laughs> listeners in Wankers. That's the last place they want to go. All right. So we're talking about, everybody's talking about the C8 Corvette. We're not. Here at Hot Rods and Happy Hour, the C8 ain't that great. And we're talking about big cars, the polar opposites. So, you know, we're going backwards. We went through the 90s, the 80s, the 70s. We're in the 60s. And this is my wheelhouse. And you said yourself, hombre, in the 60s, the big cars. It, it was, it that was the goal. That like, was status. Yeah, who can make the biggest car? But everybody wanted that big, shiny car. That was the thing. That big, shiny car. Cadillac, Buick, Chrysler. Imperial. Imper- everything. Lincoln. Uh, yeah. Just big. You know, I mean, when you got Buick is naming a car after its length. Exactly. Yeah, 225. That ain't the engine. But but this is this is the thing that's crazy. It reminds me, you know, so a status, you want a big car. Not so much you need it, you just got to have that big car. Well, and they didn't really give you anything beyond what a normal car did. Like, they were stretching the trunk and the hood. Like, so you're still in the same cabin. Yeah. I mean, the, the actual seating area really didn't change that much. No, they just added, like, a foot to the rear bumper. But, you know, it's kind of like that Jeff Foxworthy joke. He says, you know, because women looked at like a status thing, a man in that big, shiny car. You know, he must be a big man or a powerful guy because he's got that big car. You know, it's kind of like women in, in the old scenario. You know, what's the old joke? You know, like, oh, he's got big ears or if he's got big hands or if he's got big feet. And Jeff Fox would have said, he better be packing some heat. That's a goofy-looking dude. <laughs> Touche. But but that was true, though, back then. Big cars. That, that was the – I guess that was kind of like – the mark of success is having yeah. a big car. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Or big payments, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, I know all about that. <laughs> Store my life. <laughs> but there were so much, such iconic big cars. And you can't talk about big cars in the 60s and not talk about Cadillacs. Yeah, they had, uh, what was it, the Fleetwood 75? Oh, was the one that had like another eight inches. It was, a, ba- one, it was a baby limo. Yeah, that one did actually have more cabin space because they just took the wheelbase and said, "Like, let's add eight inches to it." The, uh, but just just the, the iconic cars. I love, and I'm a little weird because everybody goes to a '59 Cadillac, and that's an iconic car, and a '60 Cadillac, and that's a pretty car. But like, I love like the '64 Cadillac. Oh yeah, and yeah. I love the what '66, the double stack headlight Cadillacs. Yeah. 
And then when they go the other way, like was well, 68, I think it was the first year for 66 those. 66 and 67 were the stacked lights. Right. 68 was the horizontal. Yeah. And I like, I love those cars too. Like I just, I love 60s Cadillacs. 60s and 70s both. Um, yeah. I mean, Cadillac just like a Cadillac is a Cadillac then, you know, like we see new Cadillacs today. Hell, I drive one. Nice cars, very nice cars, but it's not like, oh my gosh, there's a Cadillac. Well, and the thing you got to think about, though, is all that chrome and stainless. I mean, the only thing plastic on them was the nylon clips that hold the tag on. Yeah. The nylon retainers for the screws for the tag. Well, and, you know, we watch these shows also where the people are restoring the cars, and you always hear them complaining about Cadillacs because they're so hard to, like, take apart and put back together because they're so overbuilt. So many pieces. Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine re- refurbishing and replacing, refinishing bright work on a Cadillac. Oh, gee. It's definitely nah, cheaper it's, to buy one yeah, it's than not it is worth to it. build one. I don't think we'll see too many of these cars get restored anymore. No. Well, you know, and now we've got a lot of technology that's helped with this over the years. You yeah, know, now with spray chrome. Spray chrome, and, yeah. and, Well, you got that. And then you also got guys that restore stainless. They they can do things with stainless that are this mangled and make it new again. But, you know, these are just not easy cars to restore. No, uh, and, you know, like, even think about that 59 Impala that Kobe had. I would have never known that was spray chrome if he hadn't told us. No. Um, and, and it was, I mean, gorgeous, really. Yeah, the car was beautiful. And another, you know, iconic 60s big car, my big Bonneville I had. That thing I was loved, cool. I love the Bon Bon. That was a bad ride. It was like a extra-large GTO. Yeah, it was like a GTO for a grown man. It was a real man GTO. A gentleman's it was, it, was, it was It was a GTO for Andre the Giant. That had a 389 in it, didn't it? 389. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a big old, it's like a cartoon GTO. I love that thing, though. And it rode the ride of those cars. The best way to sum it up is riding on a marshmallow. It just floats. And, and they really do float. Yeah. Um, so light in the front, the steering. Chrysler's of those days, and uh, unfortunately, it ended with my vehicle. But uh, they rode like a cloud. Also, you got the torsion bar, front suspension on everything. Um, actually, handled okay. I mean, you know, sure. yeah, you're not going to go autocross one, but uh, no, nah, the uh, like the big Imperials, the New Yorkers, and stuff with the torsion bar suspension, uh, they drove great. Well, I don't mean the thing is, well, first of all, there's no such thing as autocross in the 60s. No. But well, unless you're driving like a 356 or something. Yeah, but, but and even then, it was nothing like it is today. Right. But the thing you got to think about though is those cars. You hit the open road, and this was the 60s. And this is you got to think about it. This is when America really got to moving. Yeah. When 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 people traveled by car, not across state was a big deal. Across yeah. country, they were driving. Well, after the war, I mean, just everything about the automotive industry changed, you know, one, because of the where we were as a country, as a world, had a lot to do with it. But also, cars were still kind of in their infancy. Well, you know, you got to think about, there was a big jump. You know, you got to think, even in 1948, so after the war, a 48 Ford only had, what, 85 horsepower? Yeah, and that was fast. Yeah, to 15 years later, you've got 300 horsepower, 350 horsepower, 400 horsepower, mammoth 
cars mm-hmm. with radios and air conditioning and power seats and power windows and power brakes, power steering. These things were huge. You could put take two 48 Fords and not make one Cadillac of the 60s. It was, again, infancy maybe isn't the right word, but it's when America said, all right, we, have, we weren't taking baby steps at that point. Right. Like, there was a big step. Along the late 50s, rolling into the 60s, and then it just went roof, straight up. And I say America also, and that that's incorrect. I, I know that we've got listeners on the other parts of the world. I mean, Europe, you know, building these Jaguars that do 140 miles an hour. Hey, Patrick, you got any listeners in other parts of the world? Uh, for the Upstate Bulls? Yeah, for your show. Any Anything from England? Australia, Canada, Canada, yes, you do. Yes. That doesn't you know, surprise me. We do. We do well in Canada, also. Yeah, just saying. Shout out to Canada. Well, I'm saying it's my home away from home. Is it really? Mm-hmm. You ever been? No. Uh, I have. Don't remember it. it. Yeah, you know, it's hockey capital of the world. Of course, you'd like that. And now you're starting to pick up why the Upstate Pulse is number six. Sorry, I write for NHL. Sorry for that. All right, now, now you're just bragging. Yeah. You write for NHL. That's great. That's great. That's that's super. Do you know what else but, is super? What? A commercial break. You're killing me. What is this, a punishment? I guess it, we're getting smacked now for, for, yes. for making fun. Of Canada. <laughs> no, we're not making no, no, I'm not making fun of Canada. I love our Canada listeners. I bought three cars made in Canada. That's right. That's support is what that is. Guys, stay tuned. We got more Hot Rods and Happy Hour headed your way. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Pits in the studio as always. We have Hot Rods and Happy Hours financial analyst slash numbers guru slash Chrysler commander. Enthusiast. Enthusiast. It just doesn't flow though. I got you. Richard Hoskins. What is going on in Needmore, Florida? Needmore? Yeah. I don't know where Jessica came up with these, but uh, they're they're good. Your roommate did a good job, though. Yeah, she's man. getting some of these scarce towns. Uh, and it, it gets better. It does. I can't wait for the next segment. I'll tell you something, though. And I know you've been itching at it because I'm a Cadillac guy. Right. You're a Chrysler guy. I'm a Cadillac guy, too. I'm a Cadillac guy, too. <laughs> I mean... I drive one every single day. 60s Imperials. 60s Imperials are very special cars. Imperial. There was a time starting in 1955 that Imperial was not a Chrysler. It was actually a premium brand. Kind of like Dodge does with trucks now. Yeah, except this was cool. <laughs> um, Can you get that? Now we're a Ram truck dealer. Yeah, man. I don't. Yeah. I don't get the logic with that. 
Well, I do. Um, it's uh, it's dismantling Chrysler, taking the parts that sell, putting them by themselves, and eventually Dodge is probably just going to go away. But that's a story for another show. Um, <laughs> But in 1955, uh, Chrysler took Imperial as its own brand, a premium brand. And they weren't hand-built, but they were built to be literally like the best cars in the world. And this carried on through the 60s. Um, I think it became a Chrysler again in like 72 or 73, and it was just like the Chrysler Imperial. And then we saw it come back many times um, up through the 90s, 2000s. But so now this is not to be confused with the G or the uh, the 300Cs and the, the leather No, cars. those were muscle cars or those were fast, high-performance cars. No, the Imperials were the absolute best, like, best cars built at the time. They were built to compete directly with Cadillac and with Lincoln because even the Chryslers did that, they didn't really. Um, you know, I mean, they were just, they weren't huge. They weren't ultra, ultra, ultra luxurious and that's where the Imperial came in. And, uh, I mean, I've heard Jay Leno talk about he's got a 66 that's, you know, just perfect. And uh, he's talked about, like, some of the production production things that were done to them, um, just how they were built, why they were built that way. And they are. They're some of the best cars in the world. Like, they were, you know, they, they were up there with Rolls-Royce, Mercedes, um, the good Cadillacs, you know, like the Cadillacs, the Eldorado Biarritz. And, you know, the, they, didn't, they didn't build it for the Cimarron. No, nah, well, they didn't build it for the Sedan DeVille either. Uh, <laughs> lowly Sedan DeVille. The lonely Sedan DeVille. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the 60s Chryslers, man, I, I want to get, I've ridden in one, know a couple of people that have them. Um, I'd love to drive one. I'd love to own one. I would never ever put it, though, because, again, they're like 20 feet long. Imagine the fuel mileage in that. And it's probably not as bad as you think it would be. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it's, you got a 5,000-pound car that's shaped like a brick with a 440 in it. They don't get they don't get good gas mileage. Of course, there again. You know, well, everybody said, well, gas wasn't but a quarter a gallon. Yeah, but minimum wage was, was a dollar an hour. Right. I don't understand people that say that gas is only a quarter a gallon. Well, if you convert that to today's time, gas is actually cheaper now than it was then. So It's it actually way cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, people were making a dollar an hour back then, actually. But cost of living was a lot less, too. Um, you know, you look at, like, we're talking about big cars. You look at the uh, 56, 57, uh, the Lincoln Continental, the hand-built ones that, you know, cost $12,000 in 1950s money. That's, like, that was, like, two houses back then. But really, if you convert it today, it's only, like, a $200,000 car. And now, like, you're not even doing anything if you have a $200,000 car. Yeah, $200,000 car, you're not even getting into to Rolls-Royce. You can get into entry-level Bentley money. Yeah. New. Yeah. That's That blows but me You're mind. not even getting front parking at the valet. That's what I'm saying. You're like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. You're true. driving the Cimarron of Bentleys. <laughs> driving a lowly $200,000 Maybach. Oh, like, oh, poor guy. He must be down on his luck. He must just be getting started out. <laughs> Young buck. I remember my first car. <laughs> so, and I think that's what people mean when they... Like, I don't think people really think about what they're saying when they say, like, oh, gas was only 17 cents a gallon. That was a lot of money back then <laughs> compared to, you know, 250 today. Oh, and that was a big thing, but, <clears throat> you know, that that's that's another thing. So, 
I learned something. So I didn't realize the letter cars were actually considered the muscle car. I mean, I know they were a, a high-performance car. Those things were huge also. Well, they were. I mean, they were full-size. That was, you know, the 300 came out uh, first in 55. Um, there weren't smaller cars. Like, there were no darts. There were no Chevelles. Everything was a full-size car at that time. And the letter cars were just the absolute high performance. Today, we call them muscle cars. In the 50s and the early 60s, that term didn't exist yet. So, naturally, we didn't call them that. Exactly. And, you know, by muscle car is such a diluted term now that it's... Well, pony cars have gotten real. Everything's yeah. a muscle car. Yeah, everything is a muscle car now. Everything. These zero to 60 in six seconds, it's a muscle car. It's a muscle car. It's a muscle car. My Cadillac's a muscle car. It's like, hey, you see my Mustang? It's a muscle car. No, no, it's a pony car. There's, right. a, there's a difference. Long nose, short deck, that's a pony car. That drives me insane. That still to this day drives me nuts. Me too. Me too. Uh, it just, I've stopped fighting the good fight. You can't. Nah. You just can't, you can't fight the world. That and rims and wheels. I know that one. I hate you. it when someone says they got a, they bought a brand new set of wheels for their cars. Hey, like my rims. Did you put hubcaps over them? Then you don't have rims. You have wheels. Right. I know that one bugs you. Oh my! I would rather someone slap my mother. <laughs> hey, mom's a big chick. She can handle herself. She she can hold her own. Oh, I know. Lord. I hate it. Take out my rims, cause no. I like those rims you put on there. No. No, did I put hubcaps on them? That one doesn't bother me as much personally. I know, I know that's definitely on your list. That that's ugh, that's that's nails on the chalkboard. Oh. Drives me nuts. You know what I'm saying? I just ugh, just that's just. I mean, like I feel like I need a nerve pill talking about it. <laughs> so got that that vein in your forehead. It's just is, popping out. Uh, I'm worried about you. I got big luxury. We got to we got to we got to uh, talk about our Ford guys, like contract. We got to talk Fords. How about the Continentals in the mid '60s, dude? Or early to mid, late '50s even. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, '61, '62 Continentals. I love those cars. Um, that yeah, and those were the top Lincolns again. You know, you got a premium brand, but then you got their premium car. You got the Continental. Yeah. Hang tight, guys. We got a lot more hot rods and happy hour headed your way. Right here on 1063 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Rob Pitts in the studio. As always, we have Hot Rods and Happy Hours financial analyst slash numbers guru, the professor himself, Richard Hoskins. What is going on to all of our listeners out in Shafter, California? Shafter, California. You know, that, that sounds like a raw place right there. Yeah, really. It's not a fun town. Just, just, we're going to move on. Like, I I can feel this going south. (laughs) Fast. So, we're talking about big cars. Talking about big cars. So, we were talking about the Lincolns, the Continentals. Yes, specifically. 
The biggest problem I've ever seen with those cars is the hydraulic power windows. That that was that was a reach. Um, you know, that was the days of America when we were we were thinkers. And uh, you know, we Not make, every idea is a good idea. No, no, no. But it's an idea. And sometimes <laughs> you gotta try it to find out, hey, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Hydraulics that get swung on hinges and slammed and just nah, it's not a good idea. Not. I gotta bleed my power windows. <laughs> Got a little air in my power windows. Well, I think I think where that came from probably is they did it with the tops, you know, on like the Skyliners and. Uh, well, I mean, I Lincoln's. mean, technically every convertible top's hydraulic, but I mean, yeah. Well, I guess some of the newer ones maybe are electric now, but all electric. But yeah, just something that goes up and down as much as a window. That's probably not a good idea. No, but we had to learn. We did have to learn. Yeah. You know, a funny Lincoln Continental story. That's a really good one. A guy that works with me at the shop, been there for years. His dad lived in California. Don't think it was Shafter. But uh, Sacramento is where he lived. But he bought a 61 Lincoln Continental. This was in the 90s. Okay. And drove it. He bought it for $1,500. It was a 61 Lincoln Continental two-door. Beautiful car. Dang, stole it. And a gorgeous, I mean, and a beautiful looking car still. Like the chrome was beautiful. The stainless was gorgeous. It was in Rust Free, California. I mean, it was a gorgeous car. The only problem with, with it is you'd have to crank it up and let it run for about 15 minutes for the transmission to heat up. He drove it from Sacramento to Greenville, South Carolina and never missed a beat. The only thing you had to do is let the transmission warm up. Again, they were great cars. Like they were built. It had well. a four sixty one big block in it. Well, I, there was technically I guess it'd be an FE engine in it, but four sixty one. And this thing, I remember it. I remember it. I remember the car vividly. But and he drove it for years around here, and then sold it for a thousand dollars more than he paid for. It. Yeah, I was gonna say probably had a profit, and drove it. From California, drove a 30, 40 year old car and never missed a beat. Those cars, though, they were made to last for 40 years. Like, they, they were just screwed together with care, um, you know, with over engineering. And, uh, you know, Lincoln's, the Continentals, that's, that's a big one. I mean, they were great cars. And look where the Continental ended up. Yeah. Kind of went downhill from there. But. Yeah. The, uh, but those cars are classy. Yeah. I think beautiful. it's a little beat to death, the Continental thing they're doing. And Lincoln will never bring back the Continental like that again. The new ones are pretty. They actually, they do make a new Continental that is a big car. And uh, they are beautiful cars, but it's just, it, it's it's not 1961 anymore. Like, it doesn't, nobody cares. You know, it's, you can't replicate that. No, because it was a different time, and at the time, that really was the baddest thing going. You know, it's like trying to bring back the Grand National. I hope they never try, because they'll never do it, because it's not going to be what it was. And it's the same thing with these ultra-luxury American cars. You just It's a different time. Yeah, there's no place for them anymore. Well, you know, and, and that's, you know, like, even, you can even step out with the pony cars, the yeah. Camaros and Challengers, comparing them to... The Camaros and Challengers of yesteryear. There's nothing to compare. 
I mean, they're somewhat shaped yeah. like that, but there's nothing really the same. There's nothing, there's nothing special. No. You know, that, and I don't mean that to like offend the people that drive these cars again. I've no, they're had, great I've cars. I've had them all. Yeah, um, they're great cars, but. It's just, it's not 1970. It's apples, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Like, you know, the reason that Hemi Cuda convertibles bring $3 million is because they made seven of them. It, it, Are you trying to say my Shaker Challenger won't bring $3 million one day? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It says Shaker 37 times on it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The original Shaker Challenger. You know how many times it said it? Once. Once on each side of the scoop. Yeah. It didn't have stickers. No, oh, actually, no it did say it under the hood also. Yeah, it said it under the hood. had a sticker of Shaker. Yeah, it did. You know, like Actually, that's the only place it, it said didn't it. even say it on the side it of the was, hood. It was, had call-outs on the side of the scoop. It would say, like, 440 Magnum right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but it just said that one white sticker that said shaker on it. Yeah. Not that, 37 times. That was enough. Yeah, it, did, it didn't say it on the seats. It didn't need to. <laughs> Still don't get that. But uh, that they will see, you know, this is what they do, is they take something that was hot, mm-hmm. like the word Hemi, and ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. And plaster it on everything. And put it in everything. And put it on everything. Which is cool because it's a great motor, and the new Hemis are great motors. It's just, it's not the same thing. It's it's not a 426. It's not, it, it's never going to carry. Are you saying my 392? No. Nah, not the same. No, right not. I mean, how many, they made 3,500 demons. Yeah. Well, and everybody tells me they buy these things, and, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, they ain't gonna make that many. No, they're gonna make as many as they can sell. Yeah, that that that's what they're gonna do. The Hellcat taught us anything. Exactly, exactly. And then what do they come out with the next year? The demon. And then what do they come and then out? The red eye. Then the Hellcat red eye. And then it's gonna be the Hellcat green light. And then it's gonna be the Hellcat hailstorm. I got I gotta say, I'm fascinated with these cars at this point, though. How long can they keep making? Like their sales are still going up. You know, I actually got a, uh, I got a call, or not a call, but a message today from a, from a, from a kid that sells new, new Chryslers or new Dodges. No, nobody sells new Chryslers anymore, but <laughs> new Dodges. And, uh, he's like, Rup, he said, you know, he said, I know you're a sales guru. He said, we've got a Hellcat that's been sitting in the showroom for three months. And he said, we've had everybody and their brother open the door and sit in it, but we can't sell it. And he said, I'd love to be the salesman to sell that car. He said, how are you going to do it? And I said, well, mark it down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the big thing. Um, you know, and I, I try to remind them there's an ass for every seat, but there's a lot of seats though. There's a lot of seats out there, <laughs> and 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 then and the market is flooded with these things right yeah, now. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's an impressive car. I'm not. I mean, not it's to say awesome it's not, car. but you know, V6 Challengers for every. Hellcat, they probably sell what ten thousand regular challengers, probably well, the V6, five thousand. The V six and the five point seven is what keeps them going, right? But everybody buys them by seeing the Hellcats in the commercials, right? And that's why they make them. And then that market that actually would want a seven hundred and seven or seven, whatever the new one is, horsepower car. You know, a lot of people say they want it. Yeah. But then you take that number of the people that can actually afford it in that group, and then you take the people that would actually be smart enough to go buy one in that group, and then you take the ones that would actually drive one in that group, and that's a very small market. 
It is. It narrows it down quite a bit. And unfortunately, it was a pretty significant market in 2015, but then they made, God, I don't know, like 8000 a year or something. And and then, then the next year they come out with something better. And then the next year is something better. And, and and now it's getting to the point where, you know, I mean, it's almost like, hey, we got your money this time. You got a little more credit. Come That's on. Right. Right. We'll see you in a year. Yeah, exactly. And it works. We're going to have a used Hellcat sale. Oh, man. Which you don't see a lot of used Hellcats floating around. That's true. That's true. A lot of them get smashed up. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the reality of that. You know, you don't say, and I mean, would you really want to buy a used one? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to buy a new one, personally, just because I, I want a car that I can use and 700 horsepower, man. I drove one, and uh, I mean, it was awesome. I'm glad to have driven it. Wouldn't want to drive that thing every day. Or, or I mean, like, you know, I bought this used Demon, lady yeah. driven. Yeah, right. Yeah. It belonged to an older lady. She <laughs> yeah. drove it to church. And her last name was Mahoney. <laughs> but and it's that's that's a uh yeah i mean i don't know i just but it's like recreating the muscle cortex i mean they make tremendous power and oh, reliability and all that stuff you know what blows my mind is a lincoln town car can't pass emissions but a damn dodge demon can <laughs> you know you're talking about that i mean really and truthfully and then we got a commercial break you know what that is hoskins that's the man trying to get us down that's yeah. what it is because we're on to something i think it's patrick it is. It might be. Mr. Number Six. All right, guys, stay tuned. We got a lot more Hot Rods and Happy Hour Head Your Way. Right here on 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Rob Pitts, and of course, in the studio as always, because he shows up. High rods and happy hours. Financial analyst slash numbers guru Richard Hoskins. Shout out to Sac City, Iowa. So, we're talking about big cars. Everybody's talking about the C8 and sports cars here at Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Mm-mm. We're not. We're leaders, not followers. We're talking about big cars. And we've kind of gone at this backwards. We went from the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Now we're rolling into the 50s. And this is when the big car craze really took off. And we were talking on the break. My favorite first 50s big car, in my opinion, the 4950 Merc legend icon i mean yeah I, I, I tell you what's crazy though if you ever see one original i think it's hideous yeah you cut four inches out of the top it's perfect and drop it down about seven inches exactly um yeah I, I don't think that the designers when they made that car had any clue what they were creating oh probably well the most iconic lead sled of all time right and, and like you said nobody wants one the way they came no no like you see one that's not chopped you're like oh my god that's not a Merc. What, what What is that? That was, uh, you know, and again, that was the first new body vehicle, um, well, that Ford and Mercury made after the war. Um, I was actually reading this today about Studebakers. Studebaker actually had the first car after the war. Really? Yeah, they did. Um, it wasn't any good, but. 
Studebaker. <laughs> that was their thing. Like we've we've got the first new car. Hmm. I probably should have waited it out a little, like Ford Merck did, and uh, <laughs> create a legend. Maybe give it give give it a little more, you know. Oof. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The uh, now you were talking about the big Cadillacs when they first started. When the Cadillac changed, it was Cadillac. It was a few years later. Yeah, but earlier. Like, even if you look at, like, the 49 and 50 Merc, it's still a 49 or a 50 car. First car that I can remember, Oldsmobile and Cadillac, like, the, you know, wraparound windshield, like the 55 Chevy, they were the first to do that, that, like, 50 styling, and uh, they did it in 54. Um, and, yeah, those, those are, like, the beginning of what became the most iconic Americana vehicles ever. You know, and I'll and I tell you what's funny to me. Is you know, and, and, and you got to look at. I mean, I've been around these cars so much. You look at them differently than, than a lot of people do. Like people say, you know, to try five Chevys, five, six, and seven. Do you think when they created the '55 Chevrolet and the '56, because in '55 they knew what the '56 was going to look right. like, pretty much, and they probably knew what the '57 was going to look like, that they would realize they'd be creating an icon with those three cars, and then why just those three? Well. The answer to the second question is uh, those were the best-selling cars in this country. Um, I think they knew they were making something great, but I don't think that you can ever grasp something that becomes so iconic and so legendary. You can't plan for that. And you look at like look at a '54 Chevrolet and look at a '55 Chevrolet. Yeah, like, other than the bow tie, that's about it. They're, they're like it's like they're from a different world. Exactly, they look like from different decades, so, not different years. Right, not a year apart. And in a, in a sense, they were because again, you know, those were the first like clean slate new cars after World War II. Um, everything else was kind of an adaptation of what they already had. And I mean, they changed a lot, but it was little stuff. And yeah. They were still, you know, baby steps. Fifty four to fifty five in the Chevrolet was a big step. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I do. I mean, obviously. All three years, if I'm not mistaken, that Chevrolet was the best-selling American car, which in America means it was the best-selling car. Um, so they had to have known they were making something that was great, but special isn't something you can really plan for. Yeah, I mean, these things, I mean, you got to think about it. There's, there's companies that's all they work do is support Tri-5 Chevrolets. You know, and they do and, well. And they do, yeah, exactly, big companies. And there's car events just for Tri-5 Chevrolets. And I mean... I mean, it's America, like apple pie. These cars are, yeah. And and I mean, you know, and bald eagles and baseball and and I mean, and that's those cars <laughs> every time. Every but you know, that's those cars, <laughs> you know. And they're and they're just that's. I mean, just like do they know what they were doing? I mean, like any idea. I, I don't. I don't think that you can. Like uh, okay, I got one for you, and I don't want to get on the Corvette subject. When they were designing the '53 Corvette, and these guys were toying with the idea of building a fiberglass car with more characteristics of a cheap bathtub than a car sitting on a 54 Chevrolet frame virtually or 53 Chevrolet car frame Mm -hmm. and what the Corvette is today. They could even wrap their mind. No way. Um, It's a sacrilege, but the reality is it's true. 
the first Corvettes weren't very good. No. They were horrible sports cars. Like you said, they're sitting on a full-size frame. They got an automatic transmission, which... A fiberglass body with a blue flame six. It's a 54 Chevrolet right. with a fiberglass body sports on Sports cars didn't have automatics back then. Like exactly. That, that wasn't a sports car. It was just a weird-looking little car. 55 with the V8 in it was a little better. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming together. Yeah. Yeah, and by 55, could you get a four-speed out? I think you could. I think you could in the vet. I'm almost positive you could. Okay, so now it's turned into a sports car, and and then that helps it. And but you know, so back on the big cars, how about our Packards? I love Packers. Clippers. I love Packards, man. I tried to buy one when I was in high school. My parents went. Remember, laughing. way down in high school, there used to be a green one, the set under a carport. Yes. Me and Richard went. Me and Professor go way back high school. And behind Wade Hampton High School in Greenville, South Carolina, there's a neighborhood. I'm, I don't know what the name of that community is. I can't remember, but I know the car. It was green and white. Exactly. And it, sat, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. And it sat under a carport. I've never seen it move, I don't think. The one that I tried to buy was identical to that, except it was bright blue and white. And uh, had, quote, unquote, new paint. But like it wasn't very good. And like the windshield was cracked. And uh, you know the selling point was runs and drives. Um, which usually, uh, especially if you're the parent of a 15-year-old kid that wants to buy a 45-year-old car. There's not a lot of 15-year-olds that are chasing Packards. <laughs> no, I know what I was chasing at 15. It sure as hell wasn't a Packard. Why do you think I wanted a Packard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. But that's the, uh, I mean, but those are some iconic cars. They're gorgeous cars. The Lincoln Premiers. Yo, beautiful. Uh, uh, back to Packard, um, the... Their slogan, like, there's no way that this would go, that this would fly today. Their slogan was Packard, ask the man that owns one. The man. <laughs> Do you realize the groups you would piss off with that? <laughs> the man? Ask the man that owns one. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's, that's, n- <laughs> We've come a long way. Yeah, that, I don't see that one blowing over well at all. Nah, nah, I don't think Packard would be real popular in today's uh, social climate. So technically, it says, ask the alpha male. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask his wife. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask the missus. I mean, you know what I mean. That's a, uh, that, that's, yeah, that, that, the 50s were a different time. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. You got a car with no cup holders but seven ashtrays in it. You know, I mean, that that, that explains to you right there. Man, I forgot that cars didn't used to have cup holders. I was driving the Murata about a week ago, and uh, I went, like, to Wendy's or something to get some food. Got my cup, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Um, I found out that I can open my armrest, and you can, if you drive very smoothly, you can fit a drink in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had completely forgotten, man. That cars, they didn't they didn't have drive throughs in the in the early eighties. I, I don't know. I guess you just didn't drink. <laughs> uh, or I don't know. Hand it to the missus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell her to empty that ashtray while she's going. <laughs> this thing's running over. <laughs> oh, that's a uh, that 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 shows you how the times have changed. And it shows you how the cars have changed. How our priorities have changed. And how our priorities have changed. We have cup holders and no ashtrays. I know. I'm telling you, it's a crazy time. It's a wild ride. Guys, I want to thank you all for playing along. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here on 106.3 WORD. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.